What is going on, everybody? This is Matt coming at you for today's episode. Now, today, I want to share this episode with you. I've honestly been excited about this episode for a long time. Uh, but before we get into it, I want to let you guys know that today's episode is sponsored by Mastering Diabetes. Now, Mastering Diabetes would like to let you know that they have a new book coming out today, February 18th, 2020, called Mastering Diabetes, The Revolutionary Method to Reverse Insulin Resistance Permanently in Type 1, Type 1.5, Type 2, Prediabetes, and Gestational Diabetes. Guys, I've had a chance to kind of flip through this book myself. It is packed jam-packed with info on diabetes, nutrition, and fitness. It's great stuff. Go check it out. Look up masteringdiabetes.org to find their website. Or today, it's out. So go check out the book at your local bookstore. Without any further ado, let's get into today's episode. I've spent the last 10 years pushing the limits while identifying trends and patterns in my type 1 diabetes management. Follow along as I learn, apply, and share the fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle strategies that I've learned from diabetes experts around the world. The real question is, how can we live fearlessly with diabetes while maintaining stable blood sugars? This podcast is here to give you the answer. My name is Matt Vandervecht, and with my co-host, Ali Abdul-Kareem, we welcome you to Pardon My Pancreas. What is up, Pardon My Pancreas? We got an amazing interview for you today. We bring in somebody who has a completely new knowledge base. They have a, an innovative look at diabetes, really. And uh, today I've got Robbie on from, for you guys from Mastering Diabetes. So Robbie, thank you for coming on today. Matt, I'm so pumped to be here, man. I'm really excited about our conversation today. It's going to be amazing. And I have to preface this conversation with the fact that I have met you in real life, which is so rare these days, but so fun. We got to go on a hike together. Bro, it's, it's life-changing to get to hang out with other type 1s. It really is. And I know there are a lot of people out there who just don't even know other type 1s in general or have them in their everyday life. And us getting to hang out and hike and just like, hey, the Dexcom is beeping. You know, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what insulin dose are you going for? Like, what was your strategy today? Like, it's fun to talk to somebody who understands and gets it. So, um, yeah, man, I'm glad we have that connection and hopefully there's plenty more hikes to come yeah man it's so fun and like you said we're all like comparing notes like oh what did you do to best prepare for this and what works what doesn't work it's so great to have that uh someone to bounce ideas off of you know absolutely no question about it so you are one of the co-founders of mastering diabetes is that right that's right so cyrus and i started this together on january 1st 2017 is when mastering diabetes started Amazing. So you guys are still relatively fresh. You're still pretty new to this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're young and, and definitely want to be in it for, for the, uh, the long term here. So we're having fun. Heck yeah. And you guys have made a big impact in that time frame. I mean, well, thank I've, you. I've seen your name across a lot of different platforms. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about what Mastering Diabetes is and what, who you aim to serve? Yeah. So Mastering Diabetes at large is a coaching platform as well as an education platform. Hmm. So we created Mastering Diabetes to fill a void that uh, was not being filled. So if somebody wanted to follow a low-fat plant-based whole food diet, maybe they saw the documentary Forks Over Knives or they saw the documentary What the Health or they just started Googling about it and like, hey, I want to try that plant-based thing. There really wasn't a place to go to get everything you could possibly learn on that topic and, and talk about the diabetes nuances that are involved. 
So there's just so many nuances for all forms of diabetes, whether it's type 1, type 1.5, pre-diabetes, type 2, or gestational diabetes. There are nuances when transitioning to this lifestyle. And each person is going to have a different experience. So we wanted to offer something where people could get that support, that day-to-day support. And that's why we created a coaching platform. And then, of course, along the way, we're just providing lots of free education to share what's going on, what we're doing here. And that's in the form of an online summit we do every year. So we interview the world's leading experts in diabetes health and plant-based nutrition, legends like Dr. Dean Ornish, Joel Furman, Matt Letterman, David Katz, Neil Barnard, you know, people who are just our heroes. I mean, when we did our first summit interview with Dean Ornish, we were flipping out. I mean, this guy is a true, (laughs) true legend. So um, that's been a lot of fun, our our summits over the years and just getting to meet all these amazing people that we now call colleagues. So we do that. And then obviously we provide education on blog posts, on Instagram, on Facebook, and just really YouTube as well. Just trying to get education out there so people understand the, really the science of low-fat plant-based whole food nutrition and how that can apply to reversing insulin resistance and what that means for overall health for people living with all forms of diabetes. Man, so we, there's a couple things there I want to pick out. One is that you guys are both type 1 diabetics. Why? What initially led the transition to you guys going low-fat, whole food, plant-based? Because that's so different from what doctors are telling us these days. Absolutely. So For me, it was a journey that started when I was really 12. That's when I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And then eventually, so it's 20 years now, uh, closing in on 20 years of living with type 1. And for Cyrus, I think it's like 18. So combined, we have 38 years of experience living with type 1 diabetes. And basically, I went on a journey to try a lot of different diets. And at some point along the way, I stumbled across a book a book I do not recommend. I'm not endorsing this book. It's called uh, Kevin Trudeau's Natural Cures They Don't Want You to Know About. Mm. So this book just fell off the shelf at Barnes & Noble when I was looking for some SparkNotes stuff for, for high school classes. And I read that book and it planted a seed in my mind that it's going to be possible to reverse type 1 diabetes. Mm. And so I went out there and I said, okay, I will do everything I can possibly do to give my body a chance to heal itself. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody with type 1 at some point has this thought, okay, what do I got to do to just get my beta cells to regenerate? Like, why is this so (laughs) difficult? Why can't we just make some new beta cells and get these things to work again? So, I mean, that was my mindset. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can. And that led me down a path of trying many different diets, you know, Weston A. Price Foundation diet, which is more grass-fed beef and grass-fed milk. I remember at that time I was buying raw milk because they were teaching that it's better to not have pasteurized milk. And I would mm. go to the farmer's market and I would buy cat, I'd buy milk for a cat because it was not huh. legal to sell raw milk to humans. Oh, wow. So, so <laughs> that was pretty funny. And I just tried the Weston A. Price thing and really nothing significant happened to my diabetes health. And then I ended up trying a sort of Gabriel Cousins plant-based keto diet where you have you know no more than 30 grams of carbohydrate per day, getting most energy from you know oil and nuts and seeds and stuff like that. Lots of greens, lots of veggies. And I tried that for a bit. And really, my biggest problem with that approach is that I just didn't have energy. I just didn't have energy. I was taking less insulin, but my insulin sensitivity was quite poor. So I had a 
three to one carbohydrate to insulin ratio. So I would take it about uh, huh. 10 units of insulin per day and use eat about 30 grams of carbohydrate per day. So three to one. Wow. And then I actually stumbled across a podcast interview by this guy named Doug Graham. And he talked about eating a fruit-based diet. And at this point, I was into cleansing. I was trying to cleanse my body so it can heal itself. And he was talking about how you can eat fruits and vegetables and this helps your body detoxify heavy metals and other toxins that it might have built up in our body. So I'm like, okay, wow, like this sounds amazing. I've been avoiding fruits for all this time, but he's saying this is going to help me. And so on that podcast, he was talking about a book that was coming out. Like I heard the podcast around September of 2006 and the book was came out in December of 2006. So I get this book by this guy, Doug Graham. It's called The 80-10-10 Diet. And I start reading it and I could not put it down. I just read this book straight through and it was all about eating fruits and vegetables for optimal health and also improving you know, your diabetes health. And Cyrus was one of the testimonials in the book. So he had learned from Doug Graham you know, several years prior and went to one of his retreats and had his life transformed. And so I was inspired by his story of getting his diabetes health under control, improving his insulin sensitivity and just feeling amazing and eating all these delicious foods. And I actually looked him up online. I saw some articles about him for Organic Athlete, which was a really cool organization at the time. And I could see he was super fit and he was biking. And I was just like, man, this is cool. I'm going to do this. So I this is right around Christmas of 2006, December 2006. My grandmother is in town and I start switching to this fruit-based diet. And the first week... <laughs> Doug Graham, I started a coaching program with him. So I'm emailing with him every single day, learning how to do this, this new lifestyle. And he decides to start me off with eating nothing but bananas for the first week. Okay, just bananas. The next week I added lettuce. Oh, so man. I go down to Christmas dinner with a pyramid of bananas. Okay, peeled bananas. <laughs> I'm talking like five on the bottom layer, then four, then three, just like this pyramid of my family was just shaking their head and laughing like, this is not going to last. This is going to be another phase. I had tried so many different things years prior. <laughs> and now it's 13 years later, and I'm still eating a, a fruit-based diet with lots of greens. And the transformation that I saw was quite profound, hmm. which is that I started eating hundreds and hundreds of grams of total carbohydrate per day. We're talking 600, 700 and injecting a normal amount of insulin, a physiologically normal amount of insulin, somewhere between you know, 25 and 50 units per day is what a normal healthy human pancreas would secrete. Huh. So I'm using a normal amount of insulin, which is really the goal for people living with type 1 diabetes is we just want to inject what our pancreas would have normally secreted. That's what we're trying to do. That's the goal. So I'm seeing that happen and I'm observing that I'm eating all these carbohydrates. My insulin sensitivity changed by 600%. The 600% change in total carbohydrate to insulin ratio over a 24-hour period. <laughs> so now, like over a 24-hour period, instead of three to one, I'm more like 25 to one, 29 to one, 33 to one, depending on how active I am. Wow. So this, this insight was, was profound. And then I go to college and I start looking into this stuff in more detail and start reading research. So I'm learning from people like Dr. John McDougall and Dr. Neil Barnard and physicians who've been practicing this with patients, with thousands of patients for decades. And the insight I have 
is that what I'm experiencing in my own body on a meal by meal basis is literally the solution to prediabetes and type 2 diabetes because insulin resistance is the cause of prediabetes and type 2 diabetes. It's not the cause of type 1, type 1.5 diabetes. It's problematic for us, but it's not the cause. So I'm like, wait a minute. Wow, this is crazy. And I start telling my parents like, hey, I think I'm going to drop out of college and I'm just going to become a diabetes educator. I want to tell people about this information. And eventually, um, I, I rethought that decision and said, look, if your parents are going to support you through college, you should finish college. So <laughs> I did finish college. And then I went on to work at Forks Over Knives for, for six years and help launch that operation. And uh, it's great to see what has transpired with that company. Yeah. And then obviously started Mastering Diabetes in 2017. But your initial question is, what got me to this point? And it was just that that personal experience of like, wow, insulin sensitivity. I experienced this on a meal by meal basis. And this is a solution to prediabetes, type 2 diabetes, and insulin resistance is the the central node is what we like to say at Mastering Diabetes. Okay. It's, it's a huge risk factor for major chronic diseases such as heart disease, cancer, fatty liver disease, chronic kidney disease, erectile dysfunction, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, like you name it, insulin resistance is at the center of these conditions. So Cyrus and I are just like, we got we to gotta tell people about this. We have to have a conversation about insulin sensitivity and what lifestyle factors can improve it. So now at this point, we've come to the, we have a book now. We have created the Mastering Diabetes Method after working with thousands of clients. We can tell you clearly and confidently what lifestyle decisions will maximize your insulin sensitivity and what lifestyle decisions will make you more insulin resistant. And I think something I want to point out that people might have missed over that, that couple of minutes you're chatting about that story is that essentially you're saying insulin sensitivity slash resistance is customizable. You can change it. It's not something that you're stuck with. Oh, I lost. Hold on. I lost you there for a second. Say that again. I was saying that the the point that you it seems that you're trying to get across or that I get from that is that your insulin sensitivity slash resistance is customizable, that you have the power to change that. It's not something you're stuck with. That is a huge distinction. And the answer is yes, that is correct. And, you know, people living with type one diabetes who are, you know, most of the people listening to this podcast, we get to see that and test it in our own body. And I know a lot of people, the endocrinologists sort of, you know, give them a carbohydrate to insulin ratio and they feel like they're stuck to it. They have to use it. Right. And that's just nonsense. You and I both know that. Yeah. <laughs> that can change based on a number of factors. And as you're pointing out, we get to control those factors. Something that I tell my clients all the time is type 1 diabetes allows us to see inside of our bodies. We get to see what happens as a direct impact of exercise, different foods, the glycemic index how that affects our blood sugars, which is also a good indicator of how healthy or not healthy you may be living. That's exactly right. We are amazing scientific experiments <laughs> all day, every day. I mean, we, we have such important data points. We yeah. know how much insulin we need. We count the carbohydrate content that we're consuming. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of blood glucose data. Many of us wearing CGMs, which we have 24-hour data. Yep. But even the, those just doing finger sticks is still way more data than most people have. Right. And this is key in the world of diabetes health because diabetes is a unique condition. And even those living with prediabetes and type 2, it's a unique condition where 
we can monitor our progress on a meal by meal basis. If you have heart disease, you don't know if your heart disease got really worse or better after a meal. Right. You can't really measure that. If you have cancer, you don't really know like, hey, am I doing better or am I doing worse? You're just not sure. You have to go get some serious testing done and you have to wait months to do that. So that's one of the fascinating you know, benefits of diabetes is we really have the ability and the insight to see what is going on. And like you just mentioned, that assessing our insulin sensitivity gives us insight into our chronic disease risk. People living with all forms of diabetes, including type 1, do not die of high blood glucose readings. We die of the complications of diabetes, namely heart disease. Mm. Yeah, that's a very interesting distinction as well. That it's it's often the uh, silent killers <laughs> that are coming uh, after us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so on that note with insulin sensitivity and you eating massive amounts of carbs, right? Let's jump into the polarizing topic that everyone's seemingly talking about on social media. Yes. Keto, yes. the ketogenic yes. diet. Okay. What are your thoughts So this on is that? such a great topic. And I think, oh, you know what? Sometimes you're glitching. So I apologize if I'm talking over you. I don't know why. Sometimes I, I miss what you're saying. No, no worries. Go ahead. You were saying something about keto. Keep going. Yeah. The, the polarizing topic. I would love to know your thoughts on the ketogenic diet with the you know thoughts on insulin resistance. People think they're doing better because they're taking less insulin. Is that a band-aid for the actual problem beneath? What are your thoughts? Okay. So I'm really glad that I have the opportunity to really dig into the type 1 diabetes nuances on this particular podcast. That's really fun for me because I have a lot of friends. Like I know a lot of people and so do you. Our, our Instagram community is strong of people mm-hmm. who are following a, a ketogenic diet, whether that's an animal-based ketogenic diet or a plant-based ketogenic diet, and they're very happy with it. You know, they, they do see very flat lines on their CGM and they have to inject small amounts of insulin. As long as they're willing to keep their carbohydrate content low consistently, their diabetes is fairly well managed and they have very low A1Cs and, and life is good. And I don't want to come across as a person that's trying to tell anybody who's doing that, like, oh, you're wrong. Like you shouldn't do that. You know, that's, that's not the energy here at all. Like if somebody's happy and they're, they're cool with what they're doing, you know, keep doing it. Like kudos to you. What we're doing here at Mastering Diabetes is we're trying to provide another option for those who are not happy with that, or it didn't work for them, or they're in a place, they're on a fence. Like, I'm not sure which way to go. And if somebody's saying, you know what? I like eating potatoes. I like eating quinoa. I like eating fruit. Uh, I want to include those things in my life. You know, the plant-based nutrition sounds good to me. Then then we're an option and we're going to educate you on how you can do that living with all forms of diabetes. So the conversation where, you know, the reason we get concerned with keto and the reason why we personally don't choose to follow it ourselves is because of the point you brought up. It's the fact that when you choose to do a ketogenic diet, you are choosing to live with insulin resistance. You're choosing to put your body in a state where you cannot tolerate glucose. You become glucose intolerant. Mm. Now, I do know there's a lot of people talking about the distinction between you know physiological insulin resistance and then sort of like the insulin resistance state that happens when somebody is overweight or obese. You know, they're kind of making a distinction there. And they say that, hey, look, 
I'm just insulin resistant or I'm just, or I'm glucose intolerant because I've switched my fuel source. I'm simply choosing to fuel my body with fat. Therefore, the, the machinery inside the body that processes carbohydrates is just simply churned off. You know, they're saying, look, it's not bad. I, I could churn it back on if I wanted to. Mm. All I got to do is eat some more carbohydrates for, you know, three or four days. And then I could go do an oral glucose tolerance test. And then I'd be fine. I would, I would prove to be, you know, glucose tolerant once again. So I understand that argument. I hear that argument and I respect that argument. But the point that we're making is that as long as you choose to live in that state, like you choose to consistently, you know, over consecutively long periods of time, live in that state, we believe that is a risk, that that is a, a risk not worth taking. And the fact is, there is no long-term data. There isn't a long-term society that we can look to where they said, yeah, you know what? We followed a ketogenic diet for life, you know, for many generations. And this was the outcome. We don't have that. So we don't know. So that's a risk. And we do know that the longest lived people on the planet, you can look to the blue zones, are groups of people that ate predominantly plants and large amounts of carbohydrate rich food, including potatoes, including beans, including fruit, including other intact whole grains. So we know that we know that those foods and epidemiological research are associated with lower chronic disease risk across the board. We know those foods are loaded with vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, phytochemicals, that they're just very healthy. So the idea of omitting certain food categories or, you know, severely reducing certain food categories to us is concerning and not, and not worth it. And I think one of the major points we just want to drive home to people and and just make people aware of is the fact that pretty much, pretty much any result that you can achieve doing a ketogenic diet, you can also achieve on a low fat plant-based whole food diet, pretty much. And I do want to say a caveat there because it is true for those living with type 1 diabetes, no diet is going to get you as flat of a profile as a ketogenic diet. I mean, that is for across the board for most people, that's going to give you this very, very fat, blood, uh, flat blood glucose line. So that is one un- unique thing. But I just want to say you can have a, a quite nice rolling hills blood glucose profile on a low-fat plant-based whole food diet. And I also want to emphasize that that is normal. Normal human Mm. physiology is that you eat a meal and you elevate, maybe 140, maybe 150, maybe 160, and you come back down. That's normal human physiology. So this idea that we should always be, you know, 83 or 90 or something on a flat line all day is not consistent with normal human physiology. I think that's so a really, use the term, it's, it's a really important yeah. distinction to make so that, you know, normal people, well, I hate saying normal people, right? But people who don't yeah, have yeah. diabetes, yeah. they do see blood glucose spikes, especially when eating simple carbs, right? They'll go up to 150, 160. Granted, they come back down without insulin because <laughs> their body yeah, produces absolutely. insulin. But yeah, it, right. it's totally normal to see little bits of rolling hills, occasional spikes. That's totally normal. It's yeah. normal physiology. For sure. So, so the major concern we have is the long-term consequences. Mm-hmm. The long-term consequences we think are scary. I mean, nobody can prove one way or the other. You can only look at uh, individual components of research and be like, okay, people who eat more meat and dairy, 
what happens to them long-term and their chronic disease risk, people who eat more fish. So you can look at epidemiological research on these food categories, and then you can sort of extrapolate what risks people might be putting themselves at. And, and to us, that's scary. It's not worth it. So that's why we're teaching people how to you know, follow a low-fat plant-based whole food diet if that's something they're interested in. Very interesting. So what, is your, what are your thoughts on, let's say, keto vegan versus keto with animal proteins? So people who choose to do a plant-based ketogenic diet in, in our mind are doing themselves a much bigger favor than doing animal-based keto. So animal-based computer keto, we are strongly uh, warning people that you're putting yourself at a, a serious risk for long-term complications when choosing to eat large amounts of animal products. So why no questions asked. Um, well, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of factors. One of them being saturated fat. That's, that's concerning. Okay. Um, we also talk about in the book, there's a section we have on heme iron. And heme iron is certainly problematic for insulin resistance, but also, you know, long-term health. There's some research about even eggs and, and heart disease risk. So there's, there's a good amount of epidemiological research, and there's also some mechanistic research, things like TMAO, which I am admittedly not an expert on, but it's something people can, can look into. Um, these, these are concerns. There's no, no doubt they're concerns. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's always curious when I see people are like, oh, keto is the best thing ever, but then other people are like, well, if you do it the right way. Right. It's like, oh, you have to have right. obviously very strict macronutrient profiles, but, you know, animal proteins versus plants and uh, just the sources tend to matter more, you know, whether it's organic, whether it's coming from plants or animals. And um, there's like many subcategories within each diet. Yeah. There's, no question. there's no question. I mean, diets are so nuanced for each individual and what the food they're getting, the access. Um, and that's very true. Yeah. So I want to jump back into something that you talked about in the beginning, which was you guys have a book coming out for Mastering Diabetes. There are a lot of chapters. I had a quick look at it, and I was wondering what you would think is the, the, the quickest win that somebody can have going through your book. What chapter should they start at and why? Okay, so the quickest win would be to read chapter three, What Really Causes Insulin Resistance. Mm. I think when people understand the science and really understand what's happening inside their body, the motivation to make better lifestyle decisions becomes a lot stronger. Hmm. So really understanding that and having the confidence in, in what they're doing, what they're putting in their bow in their body is, is really important. So I would say start there. And if I had to pick a second one, I would say chapter eight, getting started with the mastering diabetes method. And that's where people, would really begin to get the practical steps of integrating this into their life and how to do it without the the fear of incredible blood glucose spikes mm. and needing tons of insulin in order to eat these higher carbohydrate meals. The, the book really lays it out in a step-by-step -step manner how to avoid that. And we have different meal plans in here and we provide 30 recipes on how to, again, depending on your baseline level of insulin resistance, how to make that transition as smooth and efficient as possible. Um, it's never perfect. And we, we say that in the book. I mean, as you know, with type 1 diabetes in general, it's, it's never perfect. There's always going to be ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And as you're becoming more insulin sensitive, 
there's d- days where you're going to inject too much and you're going to have those lows, those scary lows. Then you're going to try to avoid those by using decision trees and adjusting your ratios for the next day so that mistake isn't repeated. But uh, that getting started chapter is where people can really get started on the right foot. Amazing. And uh, so I did have a look through it. And honestly, <laughs> we could do a full episode on every chapter. There's so much information in there and it's amazing. Um, I'm excited to read the whole I thing. I appreciate you saying that, yeah. man. Yeah, I mean, we, we put a lot of work. It took us two years to write Dang. this. Um, there's over 800 citations in this book, <laughs> which will all be available online. We certainly made an effort to make it so the research was as easily accessible to the reader. So a lot of times you'll read a book, you'll see the footnote, and you'll go back to the back of the book, and then you have to you know, type it into Google and get the name right and all that stuff. We just took that off of people's table and take it off their, their plate and said, look, just go to our website, click the DOI link, and I'll take you straight to the research study for each sentence that's cited. That's incredible. So you said it took you guys two years? It sure did. That is a lot. <laughs> yeah. And it was so funny. I mean, when the book came in the mail, so right now you and I both, we have a galley copy uh-huh. where the cover is, it's a soft cover. So the real book's a hard cover. But when it came in the mail, we, you know, I opened it up. I was on uh, Zoom with Cyrus and his wife, Kylie, who's our director of lifestyle change. And I, I showed him the thickness. And I'm like, man, <laughs> did we really write that? Because you just like, you don't know. You put it into Microsoft Word, you submit right. the document. And then it comes back. You don't know what the dimensions of the book are going to be or how the, how big the font's going to be. You just don't know until you pick it up. So it is definitely a, a very thorough manual. And, you know, of course, we did a, a great, you know, great deal of research on what books already existed on the market. Mm-hmm. And we're like, do we even need to write this book? And the answer was yes, because there aren't very many diabetes books written by people living with diabetes. Also, there aren't very many diabetes books written by people uh, living with type 1 diabetes where there's this strong focus on how to handle insulin-dependent diabetes. So that's included in this book. And also the conversation about insulin resistance and how it applies to all forms of diabetes is just not been covered. So we're really excited to contribute something uh, we believe is, is new and valuable to the diabetes community, no matter what form of diabetes people are living with. Absolutely. And that's incredible how you guys have that distinction between each type, right? We're like, look, this is really beneficial for everyone, but it, here's the breakdown. You know, it affects us a little bit differently yeah. and you acknowledge that, that there is a difference. Absolutely. There really is. No questions asked. So first, when I picked up this book, Got in the mail. I was super excited. Got to be honest, though, there was one chapter in particular that stood out to me. I'm curious if, based on what little you know about me, what that first chapter was that I jumped to. Um, I think if I had to guess, um, it's gonna be exercising for maximum insulin sensitivity. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, chapter fourteen. That's what I'm talking about, <laughs> baby. I, I know you, oh, man. man. Well done. Yeah, I jumped there. And I was just like, I got to see what they have to say about this. Am I going to am I gonna have an argument? And I was like, no, this is incredible. I went through the whole chapter. I kid you not. I, I thought it was going to be just like skimming. I read every single word in that one seating. I, I had a busy day, but I was like, I got to finish this chapter. This is interesting. And That's awesome, man. I'm super happy no, to hear that. You guys nailed it. You went into detail where even I was like, yeah, no, this is this is important stuff. People need to read this. So um, yeah, incredible job on it. I'm excited for people to get their hands on it. Um, yeah. Are you allowed to tell us when it's coming out for the general public? Yes, absolutely. For sure. So February 18th, 
hopefully, maybe when this podcast comes out, the book will be ready to go. So I don't know when you're planning on releasing it, but that's, um, that's amazing. So February 18th, yeah. and then where can they find it? So it's going to be everywhere. You can get it on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. But honestly, buying it in bookstores um, is really helpful for us. And you also just get the book right away. So if you do use a bookstore or you have a local bookstore, try and support them. We want them to stay in business. And it's a, a good way to also support what we're doing. That's amazing. Can they find it on your website? Out of curiosity, if they're like, I can't find a bookstore. <laughs> good question. So yeah, you go to masteringdiabetes.org. Uh, in the navigation bar, you'll click book. And then you know, there'll be a bunch of links. And so for anybody who's an international listener, there's this website called The Book Depository, which is linked on our yeah. website. And they provide free international shipping. What? I do not know how they stay in business. They literally offer a 10% discount off the cover price what? of the book. So you're still saving money. And they will ship it to you free anywhere in the no world. No way. I'm going to yeah. have a look at that. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, That's seriously. amazing. Oh, it's so cool. So February 18th, they can find it on your website. They can go bookstore. It's going to be everywhere. You guys are hitting the world with this thing. Hey, that's the plan, man. I mean, diabetes at large is having a huge impact on our country. Mm -hmm. Now, most of these people are, are affecting pre-diabetes and type 2 diabetes. That's very costly. But I will also say that you know, the type one diabetes community at large, we can do better. And Matt, I love what you're doing. I see your content on Instagram. Um, I see what you're doing. And, you know, you're showing your time and range. You're showing your attention to detail and just taking care of type one. And you're doing what it takes to reduce your chronic disease risk. And I think that we can elevate each other as a community and improve our outcomes. Because if you look at the research on the outcomes of people living with type 1 diabetes in general, it's not that good. It, it's also, I mean, we're not going to pick on type 1s. It's a, basically uh -huh. everybody. As a society, we're just not doing good, especially right. in America. You look at our chronic disease rates, uh, the cost of healthcare. It's a big problem. So, you know, we wrote this book to really try and address that. And we really want to start a revolution. We want to have, uh, you know, a new conversation around diabetes and some sensitivity. And like you were saying earlier, that you're in control. This is a very empowering book. I know, um, you know, we've talked about seeing type one diabetes as a blessing and an opportunity to improve our health and improve our quality of life. And I think that can be the case for a lot of people. Absolutely. So for anybody listening, you got to check this book out and uh, it's the Mastering Diabetes book. It will be on their websites and bookstores. Go grab a copy. It is, it's thick. <laughs> There's a lot of info in there. <laughs> you get a lot of value for what There's you're paying There's a lot of for. value, yeah. Um, but Robbie, one thing we like to do before we end these podcasts is what is a piece of advice that you would like to give our listeners? Something related to whether it's your diabetes management or something that you've seen work somewhere else, or maybe it's a mental health thing, uh, a little golden nugget that you can offer. Okay, so inside this book, we talk about <clears throat> the Mastering Diabetes Method. And the method includes, <clears throat> there's a lot of different aspects here, okay? But there's one key component that truly does have the biggest impact on your level of insulin sensitivity. And all the type 1s listening on the show can see that change day by day. And the one thing 
is understanding how much total fat you are consuming per day. So I want people, the takeaway here is to use nutrition software. I use Chronometer. You can use MyFitnessPal or any software. And I want people to go and just log what they're eating. Just enter the foods you eat and become aware of your total fat intake. And then when you read the book and learn about our guideline of no more than 30 grams of fat per day, consider, hey, do you want to make some changes and experiment and see what happens? Because I will guarantee you that if you do choose to lower your fat intake, and many people are going to be surprised at how fat really, how high their fat intake really is. If you choose to lower it, you absolutely positively will see your insulin sensitivity improve. You eat more carbohydrate-rich food, simultaneously lowering your fat intake to below 30 grams of fat per day, you will increase your insulin sensitivity, and then you can decide where to take it from there. Amazing. And uh, that's actually something that I've learned as well and I continue to use because you're absolutely right. Fat plays a massive role in our insulin sensitivity, in our, I mean, in the way we feel and our way our body functions, everything is included, but people just kind of overlook it because they were told carbs is the only thing that matters. So I'm really glad you guys are bringing light to that. That's amazing and uh, love your messaging. So I'm really excited for the book to come out for you guys. Thank you so much, Matt. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So that wraps it up for our episode today. Thank you, Robbie, for coming on. It's been an incredible time chatting with you. And uh, for everybody listening, again, check out the book, Mastering Diabetes. Um, Have a look at the rest of our episodes. I'm sure you'll find a bunch of other golden nuggets in there. Remember to subscribe. And as always, keep up the fight. All right, guys, so that was a little bit of a longer episode, but lots and lots of information. You might have to listen to that one a couple of times to really get all the gold nuggets out of it, but I wanted to remind you that today's episode is sponsored by Mastering Diabetes. Now, remember, they have a book that came out today, February 18th, 2020. It's going to take care of all this information, give you a good look at it, good nutrition, everything diabetes. Go check it out at masteringdiabetes.org or head to your local bookstore to go find it. That's it for today's episode, and keep up the fight.